Today's show is brought to you in partnership with International Justice Mission. Thank you to Philip Calvert and his team for the incredible work they do to bring awareness to the global problem of modern-day slavery. I'm proud to share with my audience that I have formalized my relationship with IGMs for becoming one of their Canadian ambassadors. Why? Because I believe we can end slavery in our lifetime, and I want to use my platform to be part of that mission. For many of you, hearing that statement may be a rallying cry. For the rest, it may be a moment of, wait, what? Slavery? Is that even a thing? For me, up to 12 to 18 months ago, it was the second. I did not even understand the problem or that it existed at the scale that it does. Currently, there are over 40 million people affected by modern-day slavery. 40 million people. After a chance meeting with Philip Calvert, National Director of Development for IGM Canada, my eyes were open to the reality that poor people face the world over, a reality of violence that stops them from ever moving forward in their life. At first, this made me uncomfortable. Then it made me downright mad. But then it gave me hope. It is support of groups like IGM that will allow us to reach the goal of any slavery in our lifetime and give hope to people who may have none. I know this can be an uncomfortable conversation, and that is okay. That's why we're going to go on this journey together. Stay tuned as we host guests from IGM who will help educate us, as well as upcoming events that, where we can meet the amazing people that make the work they do a reality. Please join me in supporting this incredible organization by visiting and donating to their cause at www.igm.ca. We will only succeed in any slavery in our lifetime if we work together to make a difference. Hello and welcome to Collisions YYC Follow the Money, Investing with Purpose, a show where we have real conversations with the people who are driving change in our city. I'm excited about today's conversation because we're going to get into some acronyms, we're going to get into some buzzwords, and probably one of the biggest acronyms that you can't turn a page in a business book or in the news without running into is AI. So I've got Mr. Heiko Peters on the line today from Aletheia, aletheiamedical.com. How are you doing, Heiko? Good. Good. Thank you. Um, well, we've been chatting, chatting away here. So finally, good to push the record button. We don't run out of heaven forbid we run out of things to talk about. <laughs> Let's jump in the elevator. Let's not waste any time. Tell me what uh, the pitch elevator here. What's a, what's a what, what's an Aletheia Medical? Let's go from there. Sure. Uh, basically, Aletheia Medical helps you, the patient, get specialist advice in 24 hours instead of six to 48 months. So specialists have... <laughs> Boom, value proposition dropped, <laughs> mic drop, I'm out yeah. of here. Okay, every patient who's ever waited in the queue, which is anyone I know who's dealt with anything, is yeah. going to resonate with what you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So specialist wait times are huge, right? Uh, Aletheia was uh, created by my co-founder, De Dr. Devin Livingstone, who actually you've had on the program a oh, couple years ago. Oh, I didn't know you guys were in cahoots. Yeah. Okay, that's... We changed the name. Yes, we had to rebrand because we're more uh, than just the Okay, right okay, now. okay. Dr. Livingstone, I presume. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Because I was like, this seems really familiar. Thank you. I guess I didn't do my homework strongly. No, enough. no, no. It's the, okay. It's the All right. So this is an evolution of where you guys have evolved from that yeah. episode. Okay, that's great. So if anyone is looking, go check out that episode. It's probably about a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, I think. And December that was a really 20. good, uh, really kind of gave the roots in the or and the origin story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. I didn't realize you guys were working together. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. So the key thing is Devin started his new practice, and he inherited a two-year wait list, which is actually okay. ridiculous, right? Like. You know, new practice. And he's an ear, nose, and throat guy, right? Mm. Yeah, he's an ear, nose, so otolaryngology surgeon, but ENT for the rest of us. <laughs> easy for you to say, I guess. Yeah, no, to practice, it's not easy. <laughs> okay, sorry, you want, to, you want to run that by me again? Because that is yeah. a new one on my, on my vernacular. So otolaryngology surgeon. Okay. So ear, right. nose, throat surgeon. Surgeon. Okay, got it. Check. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he did his uh, his master's of transitional me uh, translational medicine down in Berkeley. So he says you, San Fran, but uh, like for the rest of us tech people, Berkeley carries a whole lot more weight. Got it. Um, and uh, yeah, he started working on AIs down there. And when he came back, uh, he you know graduated, he finished his program, graduated, started his practice, inherited a two-year wait list, and then started trying to figure out how to help these 
patients so that they don't get lost in these long wait lists, right? And if I remember correctly, that program he was involved in was part of the program was to also expose medical professionals to the role technology can play in innovation. Yeah. So he kind of got a little bit of a bootcamp. I don't know what it was, but an accelerator yeah. to kind of start thinking because those worlds don't always collide very well. And they, no, they, no, you, they don't. Not at all, at all actually. <laughs> yeah, medicine's very based on tradition. Like as a technology kind of guy, when you ask a doctor, like, why do you do that? And it's like, because it's the way it's done. Yeah. Like that's really not an acceptable Which in answer. tech is, when you get that answer in tech, you're <laughs> like, well, that's why we're going to blow that up, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not an acceptable answer, right? I mean, I get for medicine, there's of some course, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> of but, course. But from a technology perspective, that's still not like, I mean, there's still people who will go to a phone, like they'll go see a patient, then they'll go to a room, pick up a phone, dictate like the patient file, the patient name, mm -hmm. the number, and then dictate their notes. And then someone on the other end has to pick that up and type that into the file. Like, and we wonder why things take six to eight months. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, that was that only and, one. And that was only one piece that you just pulled out yeah. of that. And and, and uh, the fact that the whole system's still built on facts. I, oh, thank you for working in the fa the facts machine. I have a good friend who yeah. works in the space around communication, <laughs> and like he's like the, the I think ninety million dollars. The number that we could save by getting rid of fax toner alone was is a staggering number. Yeah. But we're not here to pick on no. and beat up. Uh, no, we can Alberta pick health. on so facts. We, no maybe problem. we will. Yeah, we can pick on facts. Come on, fax machine. A third of my audience facts. doesn't even know what that is. To be uh, fair, fair. But we pay more for <laughs> facsimiles than we do for cloud computing. So is that a true? Is that a true? Yeah, that's a true oh statement. wow. Oh, wow. What the F? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because. Okay. That's well, they... we're, we're, we're turning to ranting here really quickly. Yeah. Um, so that's you guys, work, right? yeah, that's just and to your point, tradition and change and safety and regulations and all and patient security and all the reasons that that and is maybe true, but uh, maybe true, but no, not valid or maybe valid, but not true. I don't know. So you guys have decided to come together. I know Devin was working on that technology around photography and being able to process and upload images. You guys came together. Obviously, you have a technology background. That's kind of yep. ringing through loud and clear. So talk to me just a little bit about you guys decided to get serious, you know, start dating, get together, you know, and, yep. and build this and and move it from what Devin was doing to Alethea. Correct. And so, yeah, so we... Yeah, give me a little bit of the narrative around it, and then let's get into the building and the money raising and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you bet. So uh, I was part of... Well, I am part of Rainforest. And so part of Rainforest, uh, one of the initiatives is just kind of giving back. And so I was just kind of giving back, providing advice, opinion, whatever you want to call it, mm. back to uh, back to the ecosystem. And um, I was wanting to do work with AI. And uh, so I'd reached out to Evan Hugh and we had, you know, kind of had some coffees and we were reaching out. And then I had a doctor friend of mine and he um, he wanted we were talking about some potential projects. You know, you, you can talk about like the, uh, the, what's the Google, the Google voice thing where, it, you know, it passes the Turing test. It has the vocal yes. fries and everything. I can't remember the name right now, but I don't, like, yes, we were but I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that and how amazing that was and like the amazing things you could do with that. And he was kind of blown away by that. And so we started talking about some potential projects and then he decided that I don't want to work on these. I don't want to do this, but I have some, I know some guys that are doing some stuff. Uh, and so we started having conversations with them like over six months, just kind of kicking tires and kind of exploring what they wanted to do and what, you know, how we could possibly help or not like just from like an advice perspective, not from like yeah, you're a, at that. You're like, we know that there's opportunity here. You're on that yeah. entrepreneur journey of like just yeah. having a lot of like kind of think of it from almost a deal flow perspective. You were just looking at a myriad of opportunities to see uh -huh. what kind of lined up and where I wasn't even looking for work. 
I was just trying to give back. Like, oh, okay, okay, all right. Yeah, I like I was, that. I wasn't really. I mean, I was looking for a project, but with these particular guys, I wasn't like trying to turn anything into work for me. I was just okay. like, let's see what's out there, and you know, see if we can help people along the way. Um, and uh, and then, so we were talking to these guys, uh, and uh, over six months, kind of every couple weeks to a month, and then uh, we were. After about six months, uh, Rahul, which is was a, the student working with Omar, the doctor, um, he goes, oh, yeah, I got this thing on the side I'm also working on. And then he, he introduced me to Devin. And uh, and then that was just at the Inventures Tenant pitch. So I saw their pitch, chatted with them a little bit. Um, they lost, so they weren't too happy. So I had to console them a little bit. And then we started. Uh, <laughs> all part of the, all part of the journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we just started chatting a little bit more and then that kind of snowballed and became a thing. And so Evan pulled in Steven, uh, and then Steven and I thought this, this thing had some legs. And so, and Evan was looking for help to kind of move it forward. And so we joined the team and, and that was like 2019. Nice. You talked a little bit about you encountering these guys when they were kind of in that pitch phase and obviously you being involved with Rainforest. I know you're involved yeah. with Exception U. What's your perspective on this, you know, and I'm going to throw the butt, the, the, the ecosystem, the startup yeah. ecosystem, the tech ecosystem. Even you guys are in the med tech side, but just looking at it overall, sounds like something you've been involved in. Just your perspective on kind of the last, I don't know, five, six years, the evolution, because it's easy to come in from the outside and go, oh, wow, look, there's lots of activity going on. You talk to some people, they're like, man, I've been slugging this out for 10 years, like finally. Yeah. I don't know. What's your perspective on kind of where we've arrived versus arrived? I say that loosely. Yeah. Where we're where we're at now in this point of the journey versus yeah, yeah. where we were even five years ago. Sure, I, I have lots of opinions on this. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so yeah, so I think the ecosystem's important. Uh, I think Calgary did lack it for a long time. So Sam Walton Gibson did a great job of pulling that together um, and creating kind of that the rainforest. Uh, I mean, the rainforest was really a turning point for me. So. Um, like back that I was, I had, had recently just come back. So I was born and raised in Calgary, but I had moved to Vancouver, uh, for a, a four glorious years of beautiful weather and beaches. Uh, and then I, I came back. Um, and so I was looking, I was working, but I wanted to get back into the, the tech ecosystem. Right. And actually ironically met Evan again at a conference and he pointed me to rainforest. Took me a while to clear up my Wednesdays, but I eventually made it, um, and, uh, and then that literally, I think it's no word of a lie to say it fundamentally changed my life. Not originally, but like, as I started, started to get involved and started to give back more. And, uh, you know, I basically went from like a nine to five exec, not no exec is every nine to five, but being like an exec. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm to, very traditional. What is a yeah. traditional, which, what is that yeah. these days? Uh, I've heard to you say like the word, entrepreneur, uh, right? Yeah. And I've heard you say the word give back multiple times. Uh -huh. So. <laughs> It's my belief, and although maybe limited, that we do have an ecosystem here. We have a community, we'll just yep. call it what it is, that does give back, that is quick to want to help and say, well, you know what? That's not a fit for me, but here, let me introduce you to somebody. You're here. Let me open this door for you. And everyone's like, oh, it's kind of like that everywhere. I do feel it's a little bit of a superpower. I, I moved here from out east. I spent a lot yep. of time. And in your community, you had that. But once you went outside, the people that you knew... I felt that that type of support or that type of give back kind of dropped off a little bit, maybe in Toronto or Montreal, two markets I was more familiar with. Yeah. In Alberta, like a, a stranger that you met through somebody that you randomly knew not very well would introduce you to somebody that could be a legit opportunity. And that feels like something that happens here a little bit more than other places than I've experienced. I don't know kind of what I, your I views are on that. I think it's a superpower for okay. sure. And I think part of that is like when you go down Vancouver, like no one makes eye contact. No one will just say hi. Yeah. To a stranger yeah. right yeah, like right. that 
So I, I have this this theory that uh, that Calgary has got more, uh, or the prairies in general okay. have yep, more support and more community. Because uh, if we didn't, like from an evolutionary perspective, you'd like if, if we wouldn't if have, you were, we wouldn't have survived out on yeah, the prairies by ourselves. The winter, yeah. right? Like yeah, you yeah, would die. Yeah. If, like if, in Vancouver, <laughs> if your car breaks down in the middle of winter, worst case scenario, you get wet. Right? Like. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, like I like here, to look at the, the, root, the root of the thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're halfway between here and there and your car breaks down. If some, if some local doesn't stop and pick you up or help you, you could freeze yeah. to death. That's a very legit thing. Yeah, like in Vancouver, if your car breaks down, yeah. like 100 cars will just zoom right by you doing 170, right? Just so... Um, Getting you more wet every time they pass by. Yeah, yeah. But in Calgary, your car breaks down and there's like four cars on the side of the road asking if you need help, right? So... I really appreciate when you look like, what's the root of it? Just pure survival. And the people yeah. that ended up out here realized if they didn't react as a community, they wouldn't have ever made it. And that, and that's not that long ago that we're talking like the last couple hundred years. Like that's relatively well, I, recent in the evolution of how our psyches work, right? Yeah. My parents came here in the late sixties and like the tallest building was the Fairmont hotel. Right. Yeah. And it was literally cattle town. Right. So, I mean, we're talking 40, 70 years, right? Yeah. 60 years now. Yeah. Right. So which I do really appreciate being one of our superpowers. And so being involved with Rainforest, being involved, like how have you seen like uh, Rainforest? Give us a little bit about, again, again, I never yeah. want to make any assumptions. Tell us what, for in case anybody doesn't know, and if you're involved in Calgary at all, you've probably run into the, the team over there. Uh, what, what was Rainforest all about? Because they had a very specific philosophy in which they kind of established Correct. themselves around. I'm not sure it's still there anymore. If, okay, but, that's fair. But Rainforest was like under Gibson and Zumwalt was about making collisions. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was about, you know, getting all the people in the room and making collisions, right? Connecting entrepreneurs to investors, to fellow entrepreneurs, to dreamers, to mm -hmm. people who had talent. Right. And it was really about making, uh, you know, these connections and these collisions and then letting the sparks fly and see what happened. Right. And it was super valuable in those, especially those early days, because there was a lot more focus on the give and take, like you had to give before you could take. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, if you had a question, there'd be like six people would, oh, have you talked to this person or have you talked to this company or have you talked to this government or, and then we had the, like, I mean, the CIC still exists. I don't know if it's as well known as it was back then, but that was like a center point where you kind of entered there and then you got shuttled to whatever government, like Startup Calgary or, you know, like NRC mm -hmm. or wherever you needed to kind of go. Right. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm further through the journey, so I don't know if that still exists, um, but. Yeah, is it is it that I've heard I've had different people on and depending on where they are in the journey that there's so many options now and I say that in a good thing yeah. but also sometimes I I've, what I've heard is it can be a little hard to navigate like you don't know where to go like yeah, where to get sure. shuttled to to your point and there's the incubator over here and there's a funding model over here and you spend all your time figure filling out this grant paperwork yeah. over here and that that can be very challenging but that's also just any like navigating any any world that you're new to can be overwhelming yeah, mm. yeah I agree and and it's I think there's I mean Alberta in the last five years has I actually, I think it's still mostly federal, honestly, but there's been a lot more money shuttled into kind of innovation and that kind of space. So there is mm -hmm. more programs around um, and some of the programs have changed names. So it gets a little confusing. Yeah. And I'm totally part of even starting the show was like, I got to figure this out. And what's the best way I need to get out and yeah. talk to people because you think you're in the know and then you spend a day going, I haven't heard of that. Nope. I don't know what that <laughs> is. Nope. I have a complete blind spot over there. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about you guys decided to come together. You said yep. back in 2019, but yep. two and a half years and or whatever time. Yep. I think time has become a real <laughs> COVID is really mad. Blurry. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. pre or post COVID. Yeah, it was so pre. they yes. said you, they just kind of come through a uh, funding 
a pitch and didn't didn't work out. Talk to yeah. me about the funding and talk to me how you guys navigated putting this thing together <laughs> and putting some putting some fuel in the tank. <laughs> yeah, sure. So we were bootstrapped for the first year. We just bootstrapped. Okay. So um so we were just bootstrapped like we all kind of had dayish jobs. Um and <laughs> I like, I like uh that. well I mean yeah. obviously I mean, Devin is a surgeon, right? So Devin was busy, but Devin took Wednesdays off and kind of committed Wednesdays to, to Alicia, right? Steven, you know, had Alto Sante going and he had some stuff he was working on with platform, bringing like platform to fruition, which is, I think, a great now center pointer. Yeah, I'm really excited for... to, I had Terry Rock on yeah. back when that was like still in the idea, it felt yeah. like it was still in the idea phase. And now it's a very real entity that's, some of the events I've heard people like, people raving about, oh my God, yeah. we got the platform event. That was a few years ago. That was just an idea that that was coming together. I love it. Mm. But it's a great space. And now we're starting to get more spaces because you have platform, which is a great space, but then you also have like the Edison and now you have the ampersand where we did the mm -hmm. plug and play stuff. That's a beautiful building as well, right? So we have these spaces now where we can be, right? Where we can hang out, where we can run into other people. And you can walk to them all and within basically like a five minute bike ride or maybe a 50 yeah. minute walk. If like even ampersand to platform is not, that's pretty, that's pretty quick actually. Yeah. You just went and right you, up and across. You're right there. Yeah. Yeah. I used to always grab a scooter and that's right. Yes, that's right. Scoot the scoot life. Absolutely. I have the um, ankle scars to prove it. So yeah, the most I've seen is three and a half people on because the fourth person was trying to get on while there. I think there was some stampeding involved. There was cowboy hats. That's the and that the the fourth person that the three weren't waiting for the fourth who was no. trying Madden. Yeah. <laughs> trying I couldn't imagine that one, but yeah, it was three. And it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't pretty. I think the scooter had seen better days after yeah. that. But um, <laughs> I can imagine. But yeah. Um, so the so the begin going back to your question. So the beginning we uh, we bootstrapped, and yeah. then um and then kind of like year two we uh, we tried to raise some money. Uh, well, we did raise some money. We raised two hundred seventy k. Not the easiest, I have to say. So and. I mean, that's part of the ecosystem. And it may, it may be that we just suck at pitching as well. Like, I think we're better at... I, mean, I appreciate we, the culpability on that yeah, one. You like know what? I, screw, the, screw them, but maybe it's me. <laughs> like, I think we're better at running businesses than we are at pitching. We don't have that, you know... Well, like they, are, the they are different skills. And I think it's, yeah. it, it's value to call that out. So, hey, I want to just... Again, I'm feeling like today's the day to unpack everything. Bootstrapping. Yeah. Is yeah. this like we had some product revenue and we got by, or we were literally carving a piece off of our dayish jobs and pushing it into the business? Like, what was your version of bootstrapping? So, so I mean, it was a little bit of out of pocket, right? Okay. Like, so we put out I think, 50, 60K out of pocket between the three of us. Uh, and then it was like me working, like, so I had a part time job. I was in a, didn't want to work like a nine to five. I wanted to have more control over my schedule. So I was working like part-time contracts. So I worked like three to five hours a day. And then I'd basically like spend the afternoons till eight o'clock at night kind of. Yeah. So there was, there was many a night where I was, you know, eight o'clock at night, eight, eight, nine o'clock at night, you know, kind of still coding. I had to dust off my coding skills, which I hadn't used in like 10, 15 years to, cause you know, Someone's got to, you know, we, someone's got to do the thing. Someone's yeah, got to build gotta the thing. The MVP, right. So we were very yeah. MVP focused. So we, you know, we created this product. And so originally it was really just putting, taking Devin's AIs and wrapping them in uh, kind of like an app. So we could have an otoscope, we could capture the images and they could get an AI prediction. Right. Okay. Uh, and so we did that. And then we, uh, and then we ran a, so that was, we came together kind of early. Well, we came together kind of in the summer um, okay. of 2019 and then uh, by September, we started creating uh, the, so we used VizWorks to kind of create the um, the very MVP app, which was really just the camera and kind of like a file storage, basically. Okay. And then we uh, we started a pilot clinic 
uh, seven doctors and kind of just put it in the clinic and, uh, and just to see what would happen. Like, so there, we had some hypotheses, very lean startup, right? Like, will doctors use it? Is it of value? Like, does it fit into their processes? Right. Uh, and so we put it in the clinic, tried it and it, um, it worked. They liked it. But also what we also learned is they, they really liked being able to reach out to Devin and Devin giving them an, an answer in like 24 hours, less than 24 mm, hours usually. Okay. So, and that, so that caused a little bit of a pivot uh, where we started adding e-consult to the application. Okay, to get, uh, well, the concept of fall in love with your customer's problem, don't fall in love with your version of the problem, but the customer's problems. You led with the seven to nine months wait time, which is the me, the patient, the end user's problem. But fundamentally, like the business model, the doctors and the clinics and the offices, those are your quote unquote paying customers, correct? Just getting correct. understanding the model. Yeah. So the patients are our indirect customer. We actually okay. deal with a family physician to the specialist, right? Okay. That and, makes sense. and yeah, I mean, the specialist wait list. So, I mean, Devin's wait list now is basically 48 months now. So he's gone from 24 months to 48 months, right? Um, they've actually had to stop accepting just routine consults because. They're too busy trying get to get caught up with the backlog. Yeah. So yeah. the value proposition for the specialist or for the family physician is being able to minimize that. Just, I'm just trying to understand, like, as yeah. you, it's so interesting when you have an end customer who's going to ultimately benefit, but isn't the payer yeah, <laughs> or isn't directly. So that, you know, thinking about, and I've been told this before, and you can correct me, that physicians are notoriously um, cheap uh, or sorry, they don't want to <laughs> pay for extra services. They've got their model. It works like, whoa, well, I'm sure yeah. I'd love to use this, but I don't want to pay for it. Has that been yeah. a challenge for you guys? Or am I just kind of out in left field? No, no, I 100% agree with you. We don't, so we have a couple of unique things about us. Um, one of them is our business model. We don't actually charge a fee. We give them everything for free and okay. then just take a slice off the top like the clinic does. So doctors are um, mm. basically contractors, essentially. Yep. And uh, so they they bill per, uh, per patient, right, or per service, we'll say. And then they work for clinics and clinics basically... Um, do all the uh, billing they and administer that and they have their billing codes. Yeah. And so you and, guys and are, they take a slice you, off the top. Uh, we essentially so you do guys the are thing. tied into the billing code side of that actual yeah. appointment. They see. Yeah. So, so we oh, do okay. the billing on their behalf. So our goal is really mm. design thinking and looking at the physician and how do we make their job easier? Right. So we spend a lot of time talking to physicians. Okay. Um, we spend a lot of time working with them and cause our, like, I mean, they have nine minutes now right? To I know see a it's, it's nuts. The, the, yeah. the reality, the mechanics of it financially, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. And right. They have to we, talk we, about the weather. They have to feel you up, right? <laughs> they have to figure out what's going on with you, right? They have to do all that stuff. And so we can't spend five minutes to write an e-consult, right? We got right. like 60 seconds, right? So it was all about how do we hijack some of the current processes? How do we fit within their processes? How do we make it easier so that like, it can't be harder. It has to be easier or they won't use us, right? And so one of the things was, um, not charging them, giving them everything for free. Part of it was like going through their workflow and was like, specialist, what do you really need to, to understand to be able to like give advice and to triage this, right? And not like 20 questions, what five questions or maybe six do you need, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so we worked with the specialist to make sure that they were getting the information they needed. Uh, we worked with the physicians to make sure they were getting what they needed. And so physicians get faster advice so that they can provide better patient care, right? Because they, I mean, they care about their patients. They don't want their patients, you know, waiting for, you know, six to 48 months for, you know, like if they have an earache or whatever, or a skin mm -hmm. issue, right? And I'm like, you know, like there's nothing worse than like that. Hey, is that cancerous? Well, you know, we're going to do a test and then I'll let you know in a week, right? Like 
I don't know if you've ever known anyone who's got like a false yeah. positive or like a scare and then you have to wait a week. That's not a, it's not a great week. Right. So <laughs> no, it's not, it does capitalize on your thoughts. I yeah. really appreciate though, the lesson or listening to you talk about really understanding the dynamics and the depth of the problem. And no, we give yeah. it away for free because we're looking to optimize everything about the way they do their business yeah. and not just like, Hey, we've got this great thing and we'll, you know, you can submit a photo and boom, that, that's yeah. an amazing product. Great. But if it doesn't fit their workflow and doesn't actually make their life better, they're not going to use it no matter how quote unquote awesome Correct. it is. Correct. Yeah. And there's a lot of things out there that are like solutions, right? But they kind of suck because even some of our like not competitors, but like things around us, like they're just not great because someone created, oh, we've got to do this. And they created a solution, but it's like, it's horrible to use. It's not, it's not yeah, very yeah. friendly. It doesn't look good. It doesn't scale. Like it's not responsive design. So you can't use it on a cell phone, right? Like you can't, like there's all these little things that are, I don't know, like nothing, but they make a huge difference, right? Like, like an app that you, who doesn't use a website on a phone anymore, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you can still use it on your computer, but Sometimes you want to use it on your phone, right? And, for the, and to the customer, they're not going to be like, oh, I guess this company hasn't had time to make this mobile friendly. No, they're just like, this is a shitty user experience. I'm out. Like that's, yeah, that's or they're just forced to use it, right? Yeah, yeah fair they enough. Have an yeah. Yes, which, and that's becoming so like rare because there's always an option now. There's always, <laughs> you, the customer has more control than ever. But I hear, I hear what you're saying, especially yeah. in the medical world of, I'm sure there's doctors that would prefer not to use a fax machine, but that's the only option and that's how they communicate with each other. Yeah. So for you guys as a technology, as a, as someone like your individual with a technology background, what I'm also hearing is there's no way this would have or could have had a chance of being successful if you didn't have a blended approach of you have subject matter experts being the physicians, the doctors, the people that know the space alongside the technology people. Like I've seen there's just so much big tech running around trying to solve industry specific problems without industry specific depth of experience oh yeah to me that feels like that's been part of your well that feels like a make or break oh, yeah. without like Devin, was... we would have we would have i mean steven has a lot of medical knowledge because his wife's a family physician uh, mm -hmm. and that helps but without Devin, like the ai would have been nowhere near well a we wouldn't have a had the idea <laughs> yeah. but b, yeah, we for, yeah the, fair enough you wouldn't even have been in the expertise and all that stuff either right so yeah it, it's that uh, and i i think that's a key thing right <clears throat> is having that special, that well, that champion and that specialist uh, expert knowledge, right? Because well, it's again. like you said, the success is in all the nuance. Yeah, yeah. The main idea, yeah. or AI can help you with this, great. But how do I make it actually workable and actually functional? And I think that's where often technology can fall flat because it's a great shiny piece of tech, but it doesn't integrate or it doesn't actually go. Do you even understand how my business works? <laughs> well, exactly. actually, come to think of it, no. But I thought I did because I was pretty <laughs> excited about. I was pretty excited about my tech. <laughs> Correct. So, I, I don't care how your business works. I created a really cool web service with this yes. nice thing over here. Right? So. Yes, technology running around looking for it. It's like the hammer and yeah. nail joke for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's for sure. So talk to me. You guys have been in for a while. You kind of bootstrapped a little bit. You did kind of your angels kind of and family around the 270K. Where are you guys yeah, now at? Physicians we're, and we're, angels, yeah. Physicians and angels. Yeah. Makes sense. You got to bot in. Go, go to the market that understands what you're actually trying to solve. Yeah. How's What's the funding? How's it looking for you guys? Like, what's that ecosystem side? Like, where are you on your funding journey? Yeah, so like, next steps. We're doing a raise right now. Okay. Um, we apparently still continue to suck at doing that. Um, <laughs> but, I, appreciate uh, your, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> so... So we are doing a raise right now. It has in the last month or two kind of gotten more difficult. Um, yeah. Like, so, I, I, so, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah. So we entered CDL with a whole kind of express purpose of, uh, of raising money and that did not pan out. I don't think CDL, at least CDL prime actually invested in anyone this year. 
which, you know, was a lot of time and a lot of commitment. Um, not quite the payday we were, but also a bit of a distraction because then we were focused on trying to get our money from there and not, um, and not from other places as much. So, so yeah, so we're a little behind on that now because, because of that. Um, but, and the market in Calgary is generally difficult. I'd have to say, um, there is, there's like a handful of angel investors, like, you know, um, Derek Hunter and Dustin Wilkes and a couple of them are like true angels. But then there's others that claim to be angels. Like I remember at uh, one of the A100 came to um, uh, Junction 31 and uh, basically said, uh, I'm an angel investor that only invests in companies that have like revenue and defined customers and product market fit. And I'm like, well, that's, then you're not. That's not, not really an angel. the angel definition, no, is it? No, I'm not, it's not at all. Yeah, you're yeah. just like a, a VC trying to get really good terms. Yeah, um, that's somewhere between like A and B kind of ish, ba- yeah. based on that definition. From what I, from from my again understanding of, I, know yeah. I love I love normalizing some of these terms because they get thrown around pretty. I'm an angel, but I only invest here. Well, yeah. actually, technically, then you're not by default, right? <laughs> yeah, and angel in different regions means different things too, right? Mm, okay. Like, mm, um, of course, like an angel in in Calgary is a much smaller. <laughs> round like it's uh then an angel in um in i don't know silicon valley or something yeah like or that, boston right? or even yeah other yeah. markets like uh we've done some of the platform passport uh sessions right and yep. it's interesting yep. talking to like the boston you know startups and the san francisco startups okay this was last last couple of years but in san francisco it's become passe to actually ask for money if you don't have a good idea that someone like seeks you out then like you must if you have to actually go and like pitch then then you might must not have a great. You're, you're kind of you're kind of slumming it at that point if you're asking yeah. for money. <laughs> and, and I mean, that's it's interesting for them too because, like in Silicon Valley, a mm. PowerPoint is worth like 10 million US, and so you take 20 percent of that and you get like two million, right? In Boston, a PowerPoint is worth about eight million US, and so you take 20 percent of that and you get just a little shy of two million, right? And with two million, you can do a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Like for us, we were like. We had customers, we were making revenue, right? Uh, and we, um, yeah, and then we were like 4 million Canadian post-revenue. That was our valuation, right? And so so then you get like, you know, we, we got 270K. So 270K and 2 million are much different beasts and you can do much <laughs> different things with yeah, them, Yeah, yeah, right? that's a much so, smaller tank of fuel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a lot harder to like grow fast and grow exponentially with that kind mm. of, because you have to be like, you just can't hire five people and go nuts. Right. Like, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you can't, you can't just throw, throw the afterburners on. So yeah. ha- have you had conversations in those other, obviously you've been involved in those other markets, like obviously looking to raise, have you guys focused on Calgary? Cause it's your backyard. Have you looked at, you know, these other markets? And I'm always curious what those markets, when they look into Calgary and say, well, you're in Calgary. So I don't know if I'm going to take you seriously. Like what have those conversations with investors outside of this kind of market been like for you guys? Yeah, it's hard, especially in the U.S. um, because we are a healthcare. And so they really understand Mm -hmm. U.S. healthcare, but they don't. Totally different beast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and, I mean, we can still migrate into the U.S. and we still will migrate into the U.S., but we we will have to make some tweaks. So um, it is different. Uh, We've had not a ton of conversations. We mostly have stayed in kind of Western Canada for but we're going to have to stray, although now that's gotten more difficult because basically Toronto and Vancouver, thanks to the housing market changes, have really clamped down on their capital. So we're getting indications that um, they're not, no one's really interested in whatever capital they have right now. They're saving for their current companies because 
their current companies they expect will be struggling and they need that capital to make that investment go. So it, it got harder the last couple of months for sure. It was already hard in Calgary period. Most yeah, of the deal okay. flow in Calgary is government money. Like we've gotten more like, you know, grants through like youth dividends and like, you know, like uh, new hire, uh, new grad hires, um, you know, government. like oh, Okay. NRC. So different programs that are allowing yeah. you to kind of augment. But yeah. Yeah. So we, not, yeah, not- we've most of our hiring has actually come through like, a few different grants through like the ADAPT program or the ICTC uh, youth dividend program or the NRC um, youth program where we've been able to hire new grads, which has helped us expand right to 11 and 12 people right now. Okay. Mm. But uh, that was basically almost all based on government funding. And yes, it comes with a lot of bureaucracy, but we're super thankful for it because we couldn't, we'd, we'd be even further behind without it. So I appreciate to hear that. So overall in, Storm clouds on the horizon from a capital perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that from everybody. I'm definitely hearing it's even more prevalent in the health tech sector and that a lot of even companies that were farther along the journey have seen their valuations kind of drop right, right through the floor. Even like companies yeah. that were revenue positive or even publicly traded. A few of my friends in the space that were looking for acquisitions or looking to even get investment, all of a sudden they're like, oh my, like it sounds it sounds rough right now yeah. <laughs> from the outside. I think it is. Healthcare still actually surprisingly has a lot of money uh, or it did, Um there's just like grants and money for healthcare because healthcare traditionally we're like a healthcare company, but we're not a normal healthcare company, right? We're not like a okay. pharmaceutical where I'm going to have to right. spend, you know, like $20 million over the next eight years before I can even like get to trials. And, you know, like, so they, so there's a lot of money in healthcare or could be. Uh, so that was helpful. So in some ways COVID was super helpful that way. Cause there was harder to see doctors, but there was still more money in the system. Um, not, not like, VC money, but still just more like grants. Well, there was more focus on it and the more focus on automation, more focus on streamlining, more focus on access. It felt like it like accelerated something that was, again, very slow industry to change. Right. Yeah. It forced companies that said, no, we can't possibly do that to like overnight have to go. Oh, yeah, it is possible, right? Like (laughs) we couldn't do it on Friday, but by Wednesday, the following week we were doing it. Yeah. 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 It was like an artificial constraint, obviously. Right. So. Which I'll take it. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I like a good swift kick in the, you know, whatever yeah. to get you going. Cause we had, we, we told a lot of stories in a lot of our companies about what we couldn't and could do. And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, it's amazing when you were forced to do it. You did it overnight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apparently it was doable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah so, apparently I mean, all is doable all along. Yeah, yeah. We don't even have an office, right? There's no point. So I, I, I completely, well, a lot of my friends in the tech space are like, well, welcome to the way we've been living for 10 years, Tyler. Like uh, it, it's been working fine. So I don't know what the novelty, what the novelty is all about. Yeah, exactly. It's, Circling back to what you said, and you're, you've given yourself a heart, given yourself the gears on it a couple of times. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the pitch process. Like, yeah. do you love it? Do you hate it? You, you you make the joke that hey, maybe we're just not good at it. If I'm an entrepreneur and I'm listening and I'm on this journey and I maybe feel the same way because I'm frustrated. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts or advice or maybe advice you wish you would have gotten? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like interviewing. Like you just got to. So I don't mind it. I mean, obviously, there's always a little bit, and I'm not super comfortable just before it, right? But. Well, that, um, that, that always lets you know it's real, right? You get yeah, those little, exactly. they get those nerves. Yeah, for sure. But it, it's kind of like the best advice I could give is it's kind of like interviewing. You just kind of got to get out there and you got to practice. So like even pitch when you don't care, right? Like, like go do interviews yeah. that you don't care about just so that when you find like, cause the pitch process is like, if I think about my pitches from like a year or two ago to now, like I've really refined the message, right? Um, I'm much more clearer about my thinking. It's much more natural, right? So you don't want that to be like your first most important pitch. 
Yes. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't, don't yeah. dust your, don't, don't dust your suit off for that first date and go, Oh, geez, I should have really tried this on the day before. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I love what you like, pra- like practice. Like what did I yeah. hear years ago? I think it was Winston Churchill. I don't know if it's true, but he said for every one minute of speaking, you should have at least a minimum of 60 minutes of rehearsal. Oh. And I, that, I don't know if that was this Winston Churchill was very <laughs> prolific with his statements, but it really gave the context, like put the time in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get good at it just because you walked up on stage. Yeah. The tenant pitch was 10 minutes. I spent probably two weeks on it. Yeah. I uh, believe it. Plug and play pitch was three minutes. I probably spent at least a week on it. Uh, and nice. it was, so that, that, that kind yeah. of formula holds up then. Yeah. yeah but I can be kind of anal around that stuff a bit too, right? Like. <laughs> Well, when they're make or break moments or they're, they're the moments that can change your, change your stars, as they say, yeah. you got to invest the time and energy in it. And you're right. Most of us got into our lives not to go, oh, I really want to pitch. Just give me something. I don't care what it is. <laughs> That's not usually what I've run into. Yeah. There's a few people that are just wake up and they're good at pitching. But what is it next to? Most, most, rather, most people would rather be dead than actually on stage presenting yeah. to the audience. Or some, isn't that an old they'd Seinfeld be, joke? They'd rather be in the coffin than in the uh, than uh, giving the eulogy. Yeah. Then speaking to yes, yes, I think that's a sign. Isn't it a Seinfeld, old Seinfeld joke? I think probably. I, think I don't. I don't know. Anyways, that, I'm yeah. dating myself. I watched Seinfeld with my dad <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, I go. Thanks for. I love your honesty and just kind of laying it out. And you, clearly, you're passionate about this. How much? And I always like to ask because it's easy to get into the money. Like we're going to raise money, we're going to do yeah. the thing, we're going to get an evaluation, we're going to exit and ride off into the sunset. Talk to me a little bit about purpose. Like when you work with doctors and medical, like a lot of people I know in that space, they got in because they really want to help people, and then yeah. all the other bureaucracy is actually what brings them down. <laughs> it's not the helping people part that they don't like. It's all the other quote unquote bullshit. Yeah. For you guys as a, as a company, even when you're hiring or when you're raising funds, like how much does that purpose or the fact like we're making this version of the world a better place. Does that play into it at all? Or is that a nice to have, or is it have to have? Mm. Um, so Alethea, so Devin's very purpose-driven. Steven and I are very purpose-driven as well. So Alethea's goal is equitable health care for all, right? So basically specialist level access in your pocket, like in your phone at all times, anywhere, anywhere, any place, anywhere, right? Does that relate into investment? can't say i think it's maybe a nice it's like a cherry on top i haven't seen it drive the investment ever all like if we ever get feedback from investment it's not that our purpose isn't enough it's they're like i don't see how you're going to scale with this to be like a 10x i mean we we 10x last year but they're like i don't see how this is a 10x company right or i don't <laughs> okay. see how this is a 100x company right or you know okay. it's only it only works in alberta or it only works in canada right it's only a 50 million dollar market in canada you know, it's not, well, yeah, I mean, it could at least a $50 million market in Canada. I mean, Canada spends like $300 billion on healthcare, but the state spends $4 trillion in healthcare. So of course. really, yeah. so the, the investors are all about like, how fast are you going to the states? How fast am I going to like, what's your plan to get to like 10x, 100x unicorn? They mostly want unicorns. How do, how do I get on a rocket ship? <laughs> yeah, they all want that. I mean, there's been some great people that have invested in us. But a lot of them are looking for unicorns. Uh, f- fair enough, which is very much the, if you're going to take on the high risk, which is the venture sector or the venture yeah. asset class, it's arguably to get that one in 10 or one in 20 or whatever the numbers are. Yeah. Everyone has their different theory of from an investor perspective of, you know, be okay to lose this because this one is going to go to the moon. So no, I appreciate the honesty. Like and think, I like though, that we're lower risk since we actually make money and have customers. <laughs> well, that, like we have, to me, like that we changes have the profile for sure. Yeah. It does. <laughs> we have like 153 physicians, which is 50, like 50 of those were just added this year. So it took two years to get to hundred. And then like this in the last six months, we got to 50. We like to think we're in good shape, but we're like, well, I don't know how scalable you are. Right. Or like, I don't think you understand. Yeah, You're like enough. scalable outside of Alberta. I'm like, I don't know. We seem to be, be doing okay, but. 
How fr- and like let's like let's get it on the personal side yeah. here for a second. How frustrating is that for you? You're like we're doing oh, the super. thing. Like screw you guys a little <laughs> bit. Screw you guys and gals. Yeah, yeah. that's so got to that, be a bit frustrating. Not like is. I would lose my cool maybe for maybe not at, at the presentation, but maybe afterwards. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There's been a couple times um, where you know we've been in things and it's like this. They're not really listening. They're like, let me tell you what's wrong with your business, right? And they're like. <laughs> Like we've had feedback, like you don't really understand how billing works. And I'm like, I don't know. We've been doing it for two years. I think we got it down. Like, I think we understand how billing works. We've automated <laughs> it. We've been doing it for two years. You know, we, we, we make money, right? I, th- I think it's not like we've, you know, so we, we always get this feed or when like, we're like, oh, I, I know about you guys. I don't need the pitch. And then they, and then they give you this confident opinionation for 20 minutes. And then you have to sit in this thing of like, how do I tell you what you just said was wrong without being defensive yeah, and yeah, still yeah. trying to have a constructive conversation, right? So we've run into that a lot. Um, I can only assume some, of, some of the or, e- the egos and attitudes can be yeah, a very real thing. Oh, there's a yeah. lot of that. And there's also healthcare is complicated. Like most people don't know, like if you're like a tech guy, you like you don't know that like healthcare still runs on facts, right? Like yeah, yeah, predominantly yeah. runs on facts, like 90%, right? So- for them, they're like, oh, well, why wouldn't you just do that? Well, for starters, it's illegal. Um, yeah. And then you're like, so they're like, well, you should just like go direct to uh, direct to uh, specialist. Well, that's not how the healthcare system's built. Well, yeah, but you got to, but yeah, but that like, that's not how billing codes were. Like the healthcare system, family physicians are specifically the gateways to control costs in the healthcare yeah. system, right? Um, and And then it's like, sure, so we can... And then, but there's, there's all these problems, right? Like, sure, you can get us to a, I can get you to specialist faster, but there's still only so much surgery time available, right? So the healthcare is complex. It's super complex. There's lots of issues circling each other, right? So it's not like you just, there's one silver bullet and a lot of people don't understand healthcare. So they're like, oh, well, like, sure. I've like, we, we implemented EMRs, you know, 30 years ago. So they're, they, so they have all these assumptions that, Something done 30 years ago was like old hat when it could be like revolutionary in medical, right? Like getting off of facts would be revolutionary in both lawyers and doctors, right? So, uh, but for them, they're like, facts is like 1990s. Like who uses facts? Everyone in medicine. So the depth, the depth of understanding of a sector. And I've had that a lot of times in the show, people talking about you know, biotech or especially in the health or the, or, you know, whether it's drug, the drug and people coming in going, well, why don't you just do this? And not yeah. necessarily understanding that, yes, that would be great. And I would love to, but it's just <laughs> not the mechanism of, of how it, of how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like I have to, so we want to get health Canada approval for our AI, right? Be one of the first. That's a minimum six month process, mm-hmm. like minimum, probably 50 to hundred K like, yeah, if not, so, if not longer, because anyone yeah. I know who's ever done those processes, I think six, uh, yeah, we, I mean, six so months to, and then it's 10 months, it's a year, it's a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like six months is like the fastest you're ever going to do it, right? And I mean, to get health Canada approval, you need MDSAP, which is this, you know, regu- uh, regulation. To do that, you need an audit. To get audited, you need a QMS. Uh, the QMS has to be ISO 13485, blah, 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 blah. Like the QMS document, you have to buy it off the ISO website. It's like 770 bucks just for the PDF. Just for the and piece of paper like, to start the, the process. Yeah, that's just the starting. And then you have to like implement all these processes and hope to hell that you don't screw up your startup by like adding all these layers of bureaucracy, right? From like, mm. how do we generate the ideas? How do we document these ideas? How do we like, you know, like, cause it's really about documentation of the process, right? So 
there's no way that that does that speeds you up. That only slows you down, right? It documents the process, which is what they want, but there's no way it makes you faster, right? So, and how as a startup you balance out a heavily regulated, very slow, and yeah. I won't say for good reason or for bad, yeah. against a startup that whose superpower is being fast and nimble and being able to pivot. Like they they immediately start to eat away at each other, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I go no no dull, no dull days in the world of a startup, and if you no. happen to pick the medical sector, it's even more so. Yeah. Hey, last question. I'm going to give you the magic wand. You can blow something up. You can build something up. You can do whatever you want with it. It's your magic wand. But focusing on the Alberta, kind of this, the, the investor ecosystem, the startup ecosystem, specifically medical or not, what would you do with your magic wand? Yeah, so uh, I've felt this for years um, and talking to other people, um, maybe it's my confirmation bias, but I think, the <laughs> biggest, uh, I think the biggest issue that this ecosystem has, Alberta specifically, um, is that it it lacks capital and um and deal flow like the government really is most people's deal flow and it shouldn't be it luckily is but but it shouldn't be right, right? Yeah. So you have a lot of local people who made all their money in oil and gas and that's what they know and they're they're either looking for like big wins or they don't there's very few of them that want to dabble in tech as much um because mm -hmm. i mean and real estate hasn't helped either but from my biggest issue is we or like talking to, to, you know, my peers and stuff is capital is such a pain in the butt in, um, in Calgary. It's not easy. And, and then that affects how much gas you get. Right. And, yeah. and how fast you can grow. Right. So if we want to be world-class, we need, we can't like, I remember when I, I had this um, smart thermostat and I was talking to uh, a company in Texas um, who wanted, uh, and we were having discussions and they were, kicking the tires, we'll say, I won't say that they were interested, but let's say kicking the tires about, you know, using the thermostat and implementing it in 50,000 units, right? And I spent like so much time trying to get $10,000 out of CIC for a prototype that it was like ridiculous, like the amount of time I had to spend, right? But uh, so the deal flow for me is the big one. If we could get more access to cash or it was just more readily, it doesn't even have to be as like loose as like, San Francisco or Silicon Valley, but if it was like mm -hmm, but, 10 but be better, as better that, than it is, better yeah, than it is here. If it, if it was 10% of San Francisco, that would be just so much more deal flow here. And part of that issue is there, Calgary hasn't had a lot of big pops, right? Like we had ShareWorks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we have things like Benevity, which are big, and we have things like Neo are big, but they haven't they haven't popped yet, right? That money hasn't flown. No, they, yet. they haven't like kind of blown off the top. And then you've got all of these individuals now out in the market yeah. with capital, with experience. They're young in their careers. They want to do it again. Like we're still young in that cycle for Correct. sure. Yeah, like, we, we haven't had that. We had basically skip, but that's like spread over Western Canada. And they've done some great stuff. Well, in and some of those, and some of those are the Neo guys. Like yeah. some of that yeah. is a direct, like, so if yeah. you do that again, how does it like, that's a force multiplier. And, but yeah. you're right. We're still very, very early days. Correct. Look so at the oil and gas. That. The oil and gas sector has been doing that for 50 years. Grow, split off, start up, boom, build up yeah. here, build a, build a service company. Like We have such a good example. The ag sector different than that, but yeah. we've got some really good examples. We're just so, you know, what's Jim Gibson say? We're 10 years late to a 20-year plan. I think yeah, that's yeah, like, exactly. that, that resonated with me when he said that years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And hopefully things like platform and all those start pushing yeah. that. But those oil and gas guys, other than like, say, the hunters and a few exceptions, you know, they made their money in oil and gas. It's still, for the most part, easier for them to make their money in oil and gas or, yeah. you know, buy real estate in Vancouver and Toronto, right? Like it's, 
they're not, it's not coming back to, and so until that happens, not to we, the degree it, it needs to, to get yeah. this accelerated environment. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, so that's I think where that, I'd I, wave my wand. I think, yes, I think many people would get, get in line with that wand, wand waving. <laughs> Uh, I go great chatting with you, man. I really appreciate your candor, kind of laying it out. I love the connection that was through Devin and it was a small world. Like so yeah. many of the people that you're involved with, you know, I think Evan was my guest number four on my podcast, like 260 <laughs> episodes ago. It's so such it, a it, small it, world. Oh, it is incestuously small. And I do think that's our superpower. Like I will still take, take that. Yeah. If we could throw a little bit more, um, you know, fuel on the fire, i.e. capital, there's no shortage of people with good ideas here. I think capital feels like there's a balance. I know you have to, some people say, oh, there's lots of money and not enough startups, but I think you you have more money, you'll attract more startups. Like I think that'll that that could solve yeah, yeah. that problem for sure. There's <laughs> lots of startups. That's not the issue. I, like especially in the early days of Rainforest, there's lots of ideas, lots of dreamers. Mm. I'm not going to judge whether the idea is good or bad, but there's lots. No, of fair startups. enough. Yeah, well, that's the that's the whole yeah. thing. It's just an idea. Yeah, but there's well, lots least, of startups. There's just no capital to support them, right? Like get, if the government yeah. is your capital, then we have a bit of an issue in general. So uh, yes, the government should be there to remove friction. If they're the main funding partner, that's already problematic. I yeah. agree. They are not your, they're not the nimble partner you might need. <laughs> no, no. And, um, and not they, to be not to be critical. I'm no, still no. money from anywhere is still money at this exactly. point. Exactly. Right? And they but they also, because they're government, they're forced to like dot the I's and cross the T's yep. and be very like it's they have to, right? Because they're well, they're fears. accountable, uh, yeah. allegedly accountable at a very different yeah. level. Because right. that's technically all our own money coming yeah. back to us, like if you look at it that way. But yeah, their biggest um, fear is being on the front page of the newspaper, right? That's what, for making a mistake. Yes, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, alethiamedical.com check out your website you guys have a great site you got lots of good information on here it's super easy to navigate which as a someone who has been involved in building many websites i really appreciate that so thank you <laughs> awesome. for making your website not annoying <laughs> like oh, it was. So many we, we, made it, we just made it bit better we focused this year more on the on yeah that, well so. it, it 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 shows and thank hey if you. anybody wants to chat with you or someone's dying and they've got a wheelbarrow full of money and they want to come over and see you what's the best <laughs> way for that what's the best way for them to reach out <laughs> yeah through the website you can either reach me directly at heiko at alethiamedical.com or i think the website has some links where you can reach us as well fantastic um, there's my mug on there somewhere as well so excellent well heiko it was good chatting with you it was great connecting, here, connecting the dots and uh Good luck on your journey, and I look forward to the Where Are We Now episode six to, six to 12 months from now. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thanks, my friend. Mm.